Welcome everyone to another edition of Drunk Agile with me as always, unfortunately, Pratik Singh. Pratik and, but fortunately, we get Pratik, we usually get Nisha. Hey, Nisha. <laughs> you know, she's in the middle of a bath there. Um, <laughs> good to see you, Nisha. Thanks for, thanks for joining us. Um, and welcome to all of you. Uh, uh, we are so glad you are here. Not, by the way, not to give away because we're not supposed to date these things and not to tell you when we're recording them. But Happy St. Andrew's Day! Happy St. Andrew's uh, Day! Which is, which is, which is, is a nice segue into Pratik. What are you drinking today? Uh, yeah, I, 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 I had to finish the player at all. It was, it was at at its end. Um, had to put it out of its misery. Yeah. Had to put it out, which which also means it's slightly heavier core <laughs> than usual, which means it's going to be a better podcast. It's going to be a usual. great episode. A great episode. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Surprise, surprise! I'm drinking the exact same Blair Athol. Um, yeah. I think I found it first, and then I think I found it, and then you went and bought it, and then I bought it after you. I think that's what I think. That yeah, was yeah. Order. Yeah. Well. Anyway. It's great stuff. If you know, if no one's ever had a Blair Ethel before, highly, highly. Well, this this particular one, anyway, highly recommend. Um, just so everybody knows, we do pay attention to the comments and the questions that we get from our listeners. So thank you, as always, for for posting those. We we love the interaction and we love to get your feedback. Um, the the one question, well, I mean, you know, we kind of threw some darts and or picked at random, whatever. The one question we came up tonight because i think that it kind of follows on nicely from some of the previous episodes that we've done is this whole idea of de dependency management versus dependency elimination we we've talked about that a few times and i think we've we've given some hints not even some hints mm -hmm. i think we've even directly talked about some ways to um you know to to, to handle the two or or to think about the two um but we had a follow-on question so pratik why don't you start us off? Dependency management versus dependency elimination. Tell us what you yeah, think. We're, we're going a little out of order. We didn't, we didn't, we didn't. Oh, cheers. 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 Slunge, everybody. Can't, can't start talking without, without the whiskey. Fair. Um, That's fair. Thank you for calling me. Yeah. <laughs> um, this, this, this problem usually comes up more when we're talking about scaled methods of scaling and not for multiple teams involved or external vendors involved of uh, we need to figure out how uh, things are going to get done when there are all these dependency dependencies going across and that automatically leads people down the path of well if there are all these dependencies we need to know about them up front so that we can sequence things in a way so the dependencies are not a problem anymore um that's that, that that and and you can see how that's a logical way of thinking about it. it's like if there are some things uh, that could potentially be a problem let's let's manage them so that they are no longer a problem um we've kind of already given away the punchline i think <laughs> but if in our world the way to make dependencies not a problem anymore is to get rid of them. Not necessarily to manage them, but to get rid of them. And let's, let's talk a little bit about why we would prefer um, eliminating those dependencies rather than managing them. If, if, if we can, I, I want to I want to take a step back because you know you, you you did mention that hey, logically what you just said logically kind of makes sense. Yeah. I mean, 
maybe maybe even maybe even intuitively although mm-hmm. i personally might argue with both of those things but let, let's let's I, I think as always we we kind of have to list some assumptions that are baked into this idea if we can know dependencies up front that means yep. we can sequence our work in such a way as to minimize mm-hmm. um the impact of or maybe potentially even eliminate the impact of those of those dependencies right yep. so the the biggest assumption and we were just talking about this i think it was our very first call this morning <laughs> um the biggest fallacy out there is that the order in which you start stuff is, is exactly the same as the order in which it will finish can you can you say yep. some more about why why, why i mean this should make sense to everybody, but why is that not true? Why is why is the order in which you start things not the same as the order in which things finish? Why is that? Yeah, it's it's uh, th- this is the first counterintuitive part of this, right? And then I think we're going to hit on multiple counterintuitive things here. Um, you could start a whole bunch of work all at the same time. The order in which that work finishes, though, is is dependent on a couple of things. One, how much you're focused on each of those pieces of work. And two, uh, the size of each of those work, the, 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 amount, the amount of time those things will, will take. And hopefully that is pretty obvious. If something is, if you're running a mile versus running a hundred meters, you know, you've got two people starting at the same time, the person running the mile will take longer. Um, well, yeah, depends on who's running. <laughs> exactly yeah exactly yeah, yeah i mean that's there, there's that's that's actually a deeper statement than i think maybe most people than what you intended yeah. for sure i did i definitely realize, yeah. Yeah. yeah depends on who's running depends on whether the person running the 100, 100 meters pulls the hamstring right in the middle of it, uh, it all, all those things that could happen but yeah, maybe, maybe barricades are popping up. Maybe there's a huge yeah. hole in the track that the, the person falls into. Maybe, you know, whatever. Exactly. You, you, it's... Uh, yeah. Well, and, and that's that. that. So, so it's not necessarily true that the order in which you start is the order in which you finish. In fact, the more things you work on at the same time, the order in which you start work or the priority order you think the work has becomes less and less important the size of the work becomes more and more important. For for reference, uh, I don't remember the, the the episode number, but please look up the feature Monte Carlo episode of Trunkad. Yeah, I, one one thing I thought you were gonna gonna bring up the irony of that too the the order in which stuff starts is not the same as the order in which is finished. The irony of that as well is you might start something and uncover a whole bunch of hidden dependencies. Which is what you were yeah. trying to manage to begin with, but you just didn't yeah. know about them, you know, and and, and which which is a, a legitimate thing. I mean that that happens all the time, right? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that's to me that's that's kind of poetic justice if, <laughs> if if that's if that's really what you what you're suffering from. Not not yeah. not to make light of p- people suffering out there trying to manage dependencies or whatever. So okay, so that that's that's one that's one big assumption that's baked baked into that. People assume the order in which we start stuff is the order that we that we're going to finish stuff. So we can line stuff up in like a, a Gantt chart type of way, and all these dependencies are going to go away. Are there any other assumptions that we need to mention about, um, you know, logically ordering stuff? I think I guess you did hit on the other other one is. Um, independent of any dependencies, the amount of things that you're working mm-hmm. on 
you know, becomes the biggest determinant. It's not order that that becomes a determinant of, you know, how things finish. It's how many other things you're working on. So yeah. th those are kind of kind of two big things. Anything else that we're missing here that I think that we need to kind of uh, jump into that? Not, not really. Okay. All right. I can't think of any right now. Well, uh, you more, know, as, more whiskey, more whiskey yeah. will bring more as, as we drink. Okay. So we've got that. So we, <laughs> we, we, th so there's that one assumption, you know, hopefully that's enough to, to get you out of this way of thinking of, we can manage dependencies by, by priority, by ordering, by, by whatever. Okay. So now let, let's get into the, the next point I think that you wanted to make, sorry, sorry for that kind of digression. Mm -hmm. The next point that you wanted to make is why, why then um, or, or so why elimination over management and what are some things that we can do to right. eliminate dependencies? Yeah. And, and, and again, why, why, uh, one of the things that you mentioned actually goes directly into this. Most, most dependencies are uncovered when you do the work. Uh, they're not necessarily discovered upfront. Um, it's, it's as, uh, as, as a recovering developer, uh, I know that as I go into something, that's when I realize that, oh, Firebase does not support that. What do I need to do? I thought it would be super easy. I could just run with this. Or this version of Node uh, deprecated that thing that I used to use. What do I do now? Um, those things actually pop up more often than are known in advance. Um, what, what we were talking about earlier about sequencing things so that we can handle known dependencies that is, 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 is a problem because you cannot really sequence things with any decent amount of confidence if you have high whip. Uh, but unknown dependencies, it doesn't matter how much we talk about this stuff, unknown dependencies are going to pop up. They just are going to show up. Yep, yep. Um, and this is, I mean, kind of feeding into all of this, and this is something that we did uh, an episode, at least one episode, we might've done two episodes on this, is this idea coming from Agile Frameworks that you have to have small teams, right? You have to have, you know, team sizes that are that are 10 or less or whatever, you know, pick, pick whatever that, that number it is. And so not only are you having to deal with everything that Pratik just talked about, but then you've potentially introduced a whole bunch of dependencies yourself because you've, arbitrarily take a drink because you've <laughs> arbitrarily split teams you know based on some guidance that is completely independent of of context or complexity or whatever yeah so so we've talked about we've talked about uh, known dependencies which uh, which ordering and team size both play into talked about unknown dependencies which you can't uncover anyway um but does, does that Still mean that we shouldn't like sit down and spend a few about three to four days with all the teams to figure out where these dependencies are and what's the problem with that? Why why not why not actually try to manage them if we know dependencies are going to be there? Why not spend time managing them? What's um, the problem? And, with that? Well, and more importantly, um, take all those teams offline for two full days and map out those dependencies for the next quarter, right? Why yeah. why why? Why do why yeah why 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 don't we yeah. do that? Not 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 to say not to say anything about the pre-planning meeting. Yeah. Um. So I'm I'm happy to listen to you because uh, <laughs> why, why? Why? I mean, I I I, I assume you're you're going to get into like um, 
the problems with probabilistic forecasting and things like that yeah. at some point, right? So, but yeah, let's take us So this is where the issues start, right? This is where, when we talk about uh, these planning meetings, or these pre-planning meetings, where we're trying to figure out how these things line up and how they, um, the amount of time we are spending on this, and as Dan said, taking the entire team offline and the amount of time the team's spending on it, all that time, we're not actually doing work. We're just talking about work. There's a great opportunity cost. Like if, if, if you do rough math on this and go, okay, let's say I have a 200 people organization and I'm gonna take take them offline for, for two to three days every quarter, um, that's about, about, about two weeks of work uh, for the entire organization uh, out of the window, right up front, doing something that we know, as we were talking about, could actually end up being wrong. Doing all this dependency management work, which which we're, we have the right intentions. We want to figure out how, how to get work through. But doing all of this work, which we know because of probabilistic forecasting, probabilistic nature of the world, not probabilistic forecasting, nature of the world, the, the the high whip situations we were talking about, the emergent dependencies we were talking about, it's going to be wrong anyway. That, that, I think that's the key point. And I, I want to make sure we, we yeah. pause and kind of stress that. Um, that uh, so maybe this is another assumption that that we, yeah. we, we kind of mentioned, but we didn't really. Um, that that um, even even if you know all of this stuff, even if you if you think that you know it, um, you're, uh, I want yeah, let me say it this way. If you think <laughs> that you know it, your chances of being wrong are much, much, much higher than your chances of being right in that, in that case. In fact, it's what it, it quickly, and maybe you'll get into this here in a second. It quickly approaches zero. Your chances of being right quickly approach zero the more of those dependencies that you have. I don't mm -hmm. know, should we, should we go there right now first? Or... Yeah, let's, let's, let's go there because I think we'll need to move on from it very quickly because there's okay. too much yeah. math on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, let's make, let's, let's, I'm going to make a few assumptions. Let's also assume you're talking, you're, you're, you're planning using averages, uh, just, just that, so that it makes it, makes it easier. We're going to, we're going to make another assumption that your data is distributed normally. Two huge assumptions there. So we're using averages and data distributed normally. Which which means, or something that's kind of looks like normal, which means your your average result is about at that fiftieth percentile. It lines up in the media, which means you have about a fifty percent chance of being right with any one forecast. Now you start lining up dependencies. That oh, this one finishes, then this one goes, then this one goes. Very quickly, even with two, it's 0.5 times 0.5. We're down to twenty five percent chance. You add another one, that's 12.5. You add another one, you're less than 10%, close to 5% likely. You keep doing that, you keep lining these things up, whether they're dependent or not, by the way, because many a times because of dependencies, you're not starting other stuff. You keep lining these things up, very quickly you're approaching zero. Within, within three or four uh, of these things lined up against each other, you're close to zero, much closer to zero than to 50 or 100. And and um, that that fifty percent that's 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 fairly optimistic. I mean, really, your your chances of being right are 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 probably more like 
10%. So start doing the mm -hmm. math if, if you're for each one of those uh, of, of making sure that you've identified the, the dependency and they've lined up. Let's say you've only got a 10% chance of that being right. How many mm -hmm. of those do you need to quickly get to zero? We'll leave that as math for the reader. But... <laughs> well, here's the thing. Even if, even if you're doing the things that we talk about and you're taking an 85th percentile thing, within three of them, you're close to 50 again. Within three things lined up, you're close to 50. And you've all those beautiful, great things we talk about with probabilistic forecasting, you've thrown them all away because you're lining up dependency. Um, okay, yeah. So so um, hopefully... Hopefully we've made the case. I, I, I don't know. I feel I feel like we've made the case that dependency management. Anybody who comes in and says you need to manage dependencies, they're 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 making the mistake of all these assumptions that we, that we've just talked about, and and they're solving the wrong problem because they're setting you up for failure rather than setting up you know, setting you up for success. So let's talk about what are some things that we can do uh, to set you up for success. And this is to me where the dependency elimination talk comes in. Mm -hmm. So what are some things that we can do around the depend dependency elimination? How, how do we get rid of these things? Yeah, that's, 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 that's the part where, um, we allow, and this is going to sound so weird for most people. We allow these dependencies to emerge and when they emerge, we actually attack them. We actually go, okay, this thing happened and it is, uh, or it's happened four times now. What is it that we need to do? Is this is this internal that team A is always dependent on team B? Is there a way to bring the skills that are on team B onto team A? Is there a way to combine these teams? Uh, is there is there another way to 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 resolve this thing so that we don't have to manage this ever in the future? Just eliminate this. So that's that's one thing. And if it's an inter if it's an external dependency that we keep waiting on this vendor, um. Hey, can we build this thing in-house? Can we switch vendors? Can we do something else which does not make us be dependent on, on this vendor all the time that takes two or three months to resolve? Uh, essentially taking steps to, to make sure that this thing doesn't happen again, rather than figuring out, oh, this thing might happen and that thing might happen. And how do we how do we make how do we do the mitigation of the risk rather than the elimination of the risk? Yeah, quick, quick, quick example. I mean, this, I know this is obvious, but just a quick example of this. Um, I, I worked with a company um, that shall remain nameless. I, I can't say the name, but uh, it's enough to say that it was highly regulated, highly, highly, highly regulated. And so anything that we wanted to do, essentially just anything that we wanted to do, release into production, had to have legal approval. It just it just had mm -hmm. to, because otherwise we, we would be potentially in violation of certain regulatory standards. Um, and so what would happen is, you know, our software teams would go off and they'd, they'd build all these features, build all these features, and we'd be ready to release and then have to send everything off to legal. And it would go into some some big black hole for legal and God knows when that stuff would come back. <laughs> Finally, after a while, as we were able to gather the data and explain to people, look, this is the impact to our cycle time. You know, when this stuff is heading out, this is a one of the things we did. I know it, it sounds obvious, but it's really, really hard for organizations to do this was to just get legal representation on the team. We, we got somebody from the legal department to be on our team to be, who, you know, who, who could speak to some of these, these regulatory, um, you know, re requirements and, and, or sign off on the fact that yes, these regulatory requirements, you know, ha had been met. Um, and so maybe this is maybe a future drunk agile episode because the ultimate, the ultimate, ultimate punchline of this is 
if you really care about flow, yes, yes, we need to limit work in progress. Yes, we need to pay attention to SES. Yes, we need to do all, all of that stuff. But fundamentally, what we really need to do is design our organization around what that flow is. And so that means yeah. potentially bigger team sizes. That means, you know, maybe not teams lined up for specific products. That means not teams, you know, in spe with specializations, like, you know, hey, this is the legal team and this is a finance team and this is a whatever, right? If what you really care about is flow, you know, philosophically, that means you, you are going to have to redesign your organization. Anyway, that's, that's a completely yeah. different. We, we don't want to go go there just yet, unless you. We don't. Know. Okay. Uh, well, I mean, you can. What? Okay. <laughs> Again, one thing I would uh, I wanted to mention because you put this thought in my head. Uh, usually, the design of your organization determines how things flow to your customers. It's like kind of a how things... Conway's law, right? Kind of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like it's it's the way your organization is organized is what determines how a value flows to customers. It actually, if you, it should be the other way. We need to think about it in the exact opposite way. The, the optimal way to flow value to customers should determine how our organization is actually, quote unquote, organized. Um, okay. Any, any, any other thoughts? I mean, what, what, what else can we do for dependency? So we, you know, there, there are bigger teams There are making sure that we, and you know, to, to scrum's credit, they actually say this in the scrum guide. They're like, if you have, you have a scrum team, you need to have, you know, all the skills all on the that skills. team to be able to deliver. Mm -hmm. But then like the, the, almost the very next sentence, I know it's not this next sentence, but I'm just gonna say it the way the, almost the very next sentence they say, but your team has to be 10 people. Or, they don't say it has to be, yeah. but their strong recommendation is it has to be. So it's like, you know, because we talked about Pratik was on a team that was, I don't know, how, how big did it get? 40, 50? Yeah, no, 30, 35 to 40, something, something that yeah, range. Mine, yeah. My, yeah, mine was over over 60. You know, at some point it may mean that your teams need to be need to be that big. And guess what? Yeah. That's okay. You can still be agile, you know, if, you're, if your teams are that big. Okay, so um, bigger teams, making sure you've got the right skill sets on, potentially, you know, redesigning your org structure what i mean what yeah uh, any other fundamental things for dependency elimination what, what are we talking for, about? and 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 dan kind of you you kind of mentioned this already is is your your uh secret uh key to all of this are the flow metrics uh the way you were able to make the argument that we need legal representation on that team is hey this is what it's doing to our cycle time Things that should take three days are taking 200 days because we're waiting on this. Um, cycle time is a great way to put that, make that case, but it turns out cycle time only after you've already finished something. So when any time we've talked about aging, you've heard us say this, the best way to find out uh, which dependencies we need to eliminate is figuring out which dependencies are causing your work items to age. If your work item is aging in a way that you don't expect it to, you thought we could do this thing in three days and it's already 10 days, well, there's probably some dependency. Let's get rid of it. Let's figure out what we need to do to get rid of it. Uh, that Your flow metrics are going to help you with this, in particular cycle time and aging. We'd prefer you look at aging. We yeah uh wow well, we are all over the place on on this one. Can you tell we haven't done this for a while? We're kind of, we're kind of out of practice here. P apologize for being all over the place, but but as part of that, 
you know, what Pratik's talking about, the, to me, the reason the, the plyometrics are so important is because the next, I believe the next great evolution of this stuff is being able to put, if you, if you can't already, being able to put a dollar value on that cycle mm -hmm. time. Um, and I, I, I worked with a, a gentleman at a previous company. I'd love, we, we should get him on um, this um, where he yeah. actually did that. He worked in the office of the CFO and he actually did. He went and he put, he put a, a hard dollar number on, uh, on a day of cycle time. And he was able to prove, hey, for each day of cycle time that this you know, feature does not get released, it's costing us this, this amount of money. Um, I think if we can start talking to you know, senior management executives in that way, that's, that's the language that they understand. They don't, you know, they don't care about story points. They don't care about you know, PI planning. They don't care about small team sizes. They don't care about any of that stuff. They care about, hey, when's this thing going out the door um, and how much is it going to cost me? That's what that's what they care about. Um, so, yeah, and when, and when cycle time into into dollars, um, go right. ahead. Sorry, go ahead. And no, no, I was just going to carry that on. Say when something starts to hurt your pocket, the way to deal with it is eliminating it. Mm -hmm. So if dependencies are causing cycle time to go up, that dollar value to go, keep going up. Well, the way we deal with that is eliminated. Let's figure out, do we need to redesign our org? Do we need to switch vendors? Do we need to do any of the things that we talked about uh, in order to, to, to make sure we don't invest too much money before we ship something? Um. I don't know. I, I feel like maybe we, we, we probably should get out of this, you know, before we can yeah, we should, we should. Any, yeah. anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. For those of you who are interested in the dependency elimination, dependency management, l let us know if any of this has resonated with you. You know, are are, are there further further questions? Um, we, you know, as as you can tell, we could talk for hours and hours and hours on this stuff, and probably not say anything meaningful. So, if you want to hear a little bit more, you know, you know, just as as many people do, please leave us a comment, send us an email, whatever. We, you know, we we'd love to hear hear from you. Um, you know, on that note, Pratik, any any final word on this to to wrap us up? Uh, don't don't spend time don't spend time and money managing your dependencies. Spend that effort in actually eliminating them so you don't have to manage them. Couldn't have said it better myself. So for for the star of the show, Nisha, who is <laughs> has she moved? She is not. Yep. Just she's changed positions, but not moved. Yeah. yeah yep. <laughs> um, for Nisha, for Pratik, uh, my name is Daniel Vacanti. Thank you so much for joining us, and we will see you in the next episode. Thanks, everyone.